hi there and welcome to uh, another video of the series on down to business uh, you know as everyone knows this is really to help business owners and previously now we've taken a lot more about advisors we've had, recently had one with uh, with Phil Gardner from the West group uh, and we're moving now a lot more through to business owners of all different um, you know experience levels shapes sizes you name it just so we can start to share more experiences that can help other business owners out there, which is the whole intent of, uh, of this video series. So um, today I've got uh, a good friend and, and uh, someone that's very passionate about the, the fitness industry in Roman Brady from, from Air Locker Training, um, new concept which I'm sure Roman will tell you about. Uh, Roman's had uh, you know, varied business experience, fair to say, not in fitness if yeah. you like, and, uh, and now I've ventured down this path and doing some pretty exciting things. So it's a great story to tell and I'm sure we'll have some lessons to be learned and some uh, things that you know any viewer can, can take note of and maybe apply it to their uh, landscape if you like. So um, before I go on any further with questions, I might just get Roman to give us a bit of a background on himself and how he's ended up here in Newcastle and, and, and more importantly, you know, what led him to where he's now in the gym. Well, uh, firstly, thanks. Beats for uh, inviting me on to, to the vlog. Is this what we call it? Vlog or I don't know what we call it, mate? We we'll call it. We, we call, call it whatever it, you want. Whatever, whatever <laughs> we want to call it. But uh, no, it's an honour. Um, so a bit about myself. Country boy. Uh, grew up in Dubbo and um, uh, made my way to to Sydney. Try to chase a dream playing footy. Now that didn't work out for me because uh, injuries cut that career short at 19. Had a couple of ACL injuries. And then um, thought uni was the way to go, so uh, found my way to Newcastle, and at 20 years old, and um, I've been here ever since. You know, I've been here ever since. Not a bad spot. Not a bad spot, and and it's a big country town with a beach. You know, I found my wife, my kids here. I, you know, I love it. You know, there's been many opportunities. I've had an opportunity to live down in Sydney because I've worked down there predominantly, but um, just never been able to to leave. So yeah. so that's yeah, a bit about myself. I, I don't know if that's too far in depth for you. No, 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 we no. We can unravel guess, it as guess, we go. I guess um, I led, said before about, and, and I know a bit more yeah. than, than obviously the viewers at the moment, but I said a bit more about um, with your, your business background. So, sure. I mean, from uni, you've got, in, got into uh, working for others and eventually end up yeah. in your own business. So that, that wasn't in the fitness industry? No, uh, my first, so I think when I first come to Newcastle, um, I went to uni to do physio because uh, I still wanted to be around sports. Um, I had probably more fun than I did any study in that first year. And I think at that time I was 20, I wasn't mature enough. I didn't look at, I didn't have enough life under my belt because I, I was living a dream. You know, up until 19, all it was was about football, you know. Um, so coming through as a kid, um, it was all about making 18, you know, Australian schoolboys, and it was all about making the Wallabies, you know. So it, it, reality, that was my reality, that was my bubble. So then when I went to uni, I'm in this, the world, you know, and there's responsibilities, there's, you know, you've got to do studies, there's all these rules around, you know, how you live life. And I suppose I kind of was in a situation at that time too where I was very down, you know, I just lost my blueprint. So going into uni and trying to get, I guess, a, a degree under my belt, I just wasn't ready mentally. So. You know, I kind of really wasted probably three or four years of my life just partying and uh, running away from reality, to be honest. Uh, I didn't want anything to do with footy because it was too emotional for me. And, um, you know, like I said, it was just the easy, quick things, you know, getting on the piss and, 
you know, just not being anything. And there was a big moment in my life at 23. And I was lucky that I had my wife. You know, well, she wasn't my wife then, but I met Carmen when I was 20. And she was consistent, and she was at uni, and she kind of understood how the world worked. Whereas I had to play catch up. But she was a really good role model for me. And I was never short of passion. Uh, I was never short of energy. But in terms of building towards something, I had no idea. Mm. I wanted everything yesterday. And so I had, I had struggled with you know, mental illness at that stage, but also I was still trying to live up to this expectation that I was gonna be someone. And without footy, it was, you, you start to, you know, and I know a lot of blokes go through this, we create a narrative that's not real. Like it's ego, you know, and people don't, people look through that, that lie. You know, they don't feel that you're authentic. So I wasn't connecting with many people back then, yeah. unless we're on the piss or we're out partying. So I kind of get caught up in this, this, this um, world for about three or four years. And like I said, um, I met a really, really good mentor uh, at 23. Um, and I, 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 like I said, like I got involved with just a laboring job. And I remember, I remember my business, like when you talk about business, how I all started, it was all about trying to be a bit humble. And a guy said to me once, he said, look, and it was my father, he said to me, he said, look, Rome, if you're paying the bills and you're independent, that's enough. You know, and that was, my father never said that to me before because it was all about being the Wallaby captain or kicking the winning goal. So he kind of maybe understood that I was going through a hard time and just said, look, just as long as you're providing for yourself and your family, that's enough. So I went back and started as a labourer in a process work in the mining industry in Newcastle. And in my head, I wanted to get involved with the mining industry because in Newcastle, you know, that was steel a lot of coal. Yeah. yeah, steel and coal. And, and, you know, it looked like a good career path. Um, it was a good earn in it, you know, and, and, and so I kind of went to some labour hire companies and, and tried to get a start. Anyway, I found my way into a, a job at Bennett's Green at a mining manufacturer. And uh, I just started from the ground up. But probably six months into that, I had a, he was my boss, but he was a mentor too. And, you know, he, he seen something in me. So he would say things to me like, you should go and do this at TAFE, or you should extend yourself, read these books. And I'd never read a book before at 24, ever. So I, I started to read these books he would give me and I'd write notes and he'd ask me questions about them and key learnings and I suppose I got addicted to learning and then he kind of paved a pathway for me in that, in, that, in that business where I went from just a floor worker to a team leader on, on a certain shift into looking after three shifts into a, a superintendent into a manager. You know, and that all happened within a period of like 18, 24 months. Mm. And so I started thinking about things differently then. So I started thinking about getting married. I started thinking about buying a house. I started thinking about these more mature things. So then I would ask questions of him and other people that I was around. Oh, how do you do that? How do you buy a house? You know, how do you, you know, what, what other studies are there out there? Because I want to, I want to be, I'm good with people. I love people. I want to go down that path. So I started asking a lot more questions. And, and I suppose when you start doing that, people start to help you out because they can see you having a crack. And um, I was raw, mate. Like I couldn't even turn on a computer at mm. 24, 25. And um, you know, I suppose that's where it all started. Then I did an engineering uh, diploma, then I did a business 
diploma, then I did my MBA, and I was always studying. It was a, I'd always, at that stage when I was working, I'd always had two or three things that I was doing either online or at face-to-face. -face. Yeah, it's a good point. I think not only our more recent videos, but a lot of the leaders we've had in this series, and, and generally who I uh, you know, integrate with and, and network with as well, you've mentioned two common things. Everyone has mentors. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and, and I think the hardest thing we went through this last time was most people think, why would they mentor me? But most people, you know, if you ask them, will help. Yeah. You know? And I think the other thing is lifelong learner. Yeah, you know, yeah so, and you know, if we start to think that we know it all, yeah, you know, and and I, I I learned that then, and and there's a couple of key things I learned. I'll get to that in a second, but it, it just became, a, I guess, a journey for me then, you know, and 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 so doing these these studies and reading books and and having great conversations with people that were a lot more experienced than I was and successful than I was. Um, you know, it, it, it was something that I really enjoyed. I was passionate about that, and I was passionate about learning, and I was starting to unravel things that never made sense to me before, and that drove me. So, you know, the more I educated myself on different things that I was passionate about, the more I felt a sense of achievement. And they were only little wins, but they were enough for me. And uh, <clears throat> I've never stopped doing that. So, um, it's something that I've carried with me since that time because I, I realised the value of it. And I suppose from that point, I got to a point within my business where I started to be in leadership roles. <clears throat> and when you come from the ground up, there's certain things you do at the ground level that when you get to a point where you're telling people what to do and they know what you did when you're at ground level. Buying the backside. It's bites you in the backside. So uh, again, a mentor said to me, and at that stage, sorry, about a year before that, I got back involved with rugby. Um, which was a passion I've had since I was a kid, which was five years off, five to six years off. And I got back involved with the rugby club. I started coaching first grade. And within that hub, I met some great mentors. And they were very passionate people about what they did and, and working towards a common goal, of winning a, a championship or winning a, you know, a club championship. You start to really get back involved with that team camaraderie and, and, and there's really strict disciplines, you know, you set goals, targets, values. And, and so I started getting involved with that and I was translating what I was learning at rugby over into to my business. And I got to these leadership roles and one of my mentors said to me at that stage from the rugby club, he goes, look, if you're finding it hard to kind of go to the next level, you need to probably, you've done your time there, you've done your apprenticeship, now it's time to go out and be that person, you know? So we started applying for other jobs and I was lucky that uh, I landed a, a pretty significant role with, with a major corporation, so in corporate. And so and at that stage, I was a year into my MBA um, and, and I went over to this, to this business where I was working in logistics and shipping and, and, and 27 ports around Australia, I was in Singapore. So I started traveling, you know, that was a goal of mine too. And so just going around and meeting new people, I used that same concept of just be a sponge, and I was I was passionate, I was energetic, but I was just a sponge. And and little things that I would see, I, I would see people in certain roles for 10 to 15 years, and they become complacent in that role. But the way I looked at it, I looked at everything around it, and I and I wanted to prove myself. So I would see opportunities that they probably seen, but they just didn't want to do anything about it. Mm. 
So I was like a disruptor coming through this corporate company where I was making things work. And certain people on top of me didn't like that. So I started to having friction with people on top of me because I could see opportunities and want to make it work. And they just didn't, they wanted me to, that, that, their common thing with me, with me was, look, just do your time. You, you got to do your time. You know, and I hated that concept because I've, I felt that if there was value there, let's make it work or let's ex at least explore it, mm -hmm. you know? So I was in that role for about two to three years and it taught me a lot. It got me around Australia and the world and I met so many people from different walks of life. Now, when you're talking about logistics, we were doing shipping, we were doing rail, we were doing mining, we were doing everything because uh, the corporation of Cube, Cube Logistics was who I, who I work with. They were doing everything. So, and anyone who's anyone's coming through the port on rail. So I started working with businesses all around, you know, Woolies to the big bulk companies to all the mining companies. So I started to know all their executive teams and everyone had a different opinion on how to do things and a different gift for me, you know, that's the way I looked at it. And so that was a great, like, for me, that was just fantastic, a fantastic learning hub for me. I seen an opportunity and I pushed against corporate to get it through for, for some time. And in the end, I just did it myself. And I started my first business at 28, at the end of my 28, so about nearly 29. And uh, that business within nine months just went off. That was in logistics? That was in trucking. Mm. So it was in trucking. But the way I did it was, um, I just seen an opportunity. I didn't know too much about it, but I felt that it was gonna work. And I, on a really minimalistic view, I, I, I just did a brokerage type of style of business. So I didn't buy the truck or even buy the excavator, but I brokered subbies to do the work for me. And then I always used to tell people I was trading in knowledge. That was my, that was my business. So if I knew how that worked and I knew how, that, how much commercials were in that and that, I would pull it all together and join the dots and be the centerpiece of it and make it click. To run projects. Run projects. So that went really well for me. And it started at a really like pointed uh, move that from X to Y, and that makes me Z, to then that Y has to come back to X. And then that's how you do it. And then that, and so it just went from there and there and just built and built and built and built. And uh, I guess I was really lucky that uh, the timing of it all was perfect for my. So I might jump in there. So that, that's obviously, um, you know, a, a great story and you've realised some success. And uh, the one thing that's obvious there, it's got nothing to do with fitness or the gym industry no, or whatever no. it may be. So, so fast forward a bit, how, how, how have you made that jump or how have you ended up in well, what we call airlocker? Well, I think back then it was just trying to, I was just trying to be successful with whatever that means to whoever, you know. For, for me, I wanted to, uh, I knew I had potential. You know, I knew I was always gonna be someone. I always had a huge amount of belief in myself. And so I wanted to realize whatever that feeling was I was chasing. And so with logistics, um, it was, I always had a little bit in me that was, it wasn't enough, wasn't enough. And I suppose I got to a point in that career where I got bought out by a, a massive company and then I was the CEO of that business. And it just, it, it wasn't really the environment I wanted to be in. And then I went to mining, I was the CEO of a mining company uh, with a really reputable family in Australia. And I loved being in that, in that environment. And um, I, I don't know how I did it. I just was good with people. 
you know, and I loved what I did. Now, so, so whatever I did, I would ask a billion questions and I had a great team around me. And the people that were probably not wanting me to proceed in life or, or, or in that business or whatever it might be, I had an ability to somehow bring them around so they would support me. And I, I never ever professed I knew everything, uh, but I, I would always rival people in energy and passion and work ethic. Um, if there was a if there was a deal on the table, I would outscrap most people because I'd do whatever it took. Didn't mean I was the most intelligent person because I never was. Still, not, I'm still not. But there's always answers out there, you know. And I was willing to do whatever it took to get to those answers or to rally a team or whatever it took to to win that job or win that person over. And that's how I've always been. Like I've always just gone into the night and somehow you know, kept going that way, but I've got the ability to go back if I have to, or if some, like for instance, you came to me and said, oh, we should have done it that way, I'll do it. You know, I'm, not, I'm never really attached to, to any outcome because I'm, I'm trying to work within a team and I'm very open to change. And, and I don't know how I, that is a part of me, but that's always been a part of me. And I suppose that's really served me well, mm. you know, in all, anything I've done. And you talk about mentors, um, I've been really lucky that Along the way, um, some people have said some really simple things to me, but they've impacted me to the point where I've kept them with me. And the, the three things that I would say is, um, one person said, look, never forget what's, what's important in life. He said, whenever the whole world you think is crashing down on you, just go back to that. And that will keep you feeling like you're in control. And so you think about what's important. Sometimes, like we've gone through COVID, right? It's a good, it's a good kind of example. Everything was crashing down at the start, and 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 so I was reaching out to get help. And you've got, you, you could have a tendency to think, "Geez, it's all over." You know, you get this really emotional, deep, dark hole. But you go back to what's important. So you know, you could have lost your business, you could have lost a lot of money, you could have lost, a, you know, a lot of materialistic things, your house, like exactly. And so, then that then you can lose yourself if you dive into that. But what I did, because I've learned it early days, is what is I need? I, I, I need my health, you know, I, 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 my, my, my loved ones. And if everything fell around me, I'd make it back, you know, because I've got my health. Like I, I know I can come back from that. So I suppose Mentors have told me things like that. So whenever a situation gets tough for me, I'm always very resilient because I go back to, well, I've got my health. And as long as I've got my health and who I love around me, mm. I'll fight back from anything. So I, I guess I've got that. And the other thing too, like I said before, I'm not really over attached to anything. So I don't wed myself to any outcome. Like, oh, sure, I want, I want everything, but I only need just very few things. And so if it doesn't work out for me, I know what I've, I've got my health, so I can always plan something else, you know. And so I guess learning those few key things early days has enabled me to do anything. Like it could be health and fitness, it could be transport, it could be I've done recycling. You know, I've got shares in a recycling business right now that is going very well in, in liquid recycling. Uh, I've owned a recycling business before. Uh, I've got involved with catering before. Um, so, so it's. It's a passion for what I'm doing because I like ideas and like mm. the, the evolution of the idea. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, like 
for me, it's there's a few key things as well. That's that's what you need to have to manage yourself because you've got to have something inside yourself that whatever unpredictability happens around you, you've got to be able to go back to centre and just get some strength from that place, which for me is about what I need. I, and, and the other thing I'd say about need and wants, that, which is another thing I learned, when you feel like you need something and you, you're like really a passionate, I need X, it can control you. So you've got to be very careful on what you feel like you need. Because if you feel like you need the, that relationship or if you feel like you need that job or that money or that car or that can then go it goes above you which means it can control you whereas if you want it no problem I want a totally different thing to a need because I want everything don't get me wrong like I would love to have all, all the nice things in the world but I know I need of only my health and so for me like there's certain things that you start to really wed yourself to because they feel good, you know, oh, Jesus is nice, that, that lifestyle is nice. But you've got to have the ability to go back to go, look, I only want that. It's not, it's not important to me. This is what's important, you know. I suppose, I suppose those types of things, um, they, they allow you to manage any situation, right? And then you've got business principles and we can go into that if you yeah, want no, to. Yeah, look, I, I think the key things that, that I think were really good what you've just said there, and, and you know, rather than summarize all the end, I'll probably forget about it. So yeah, yeah. If we go, we're you know, just off ask cup. a lot of questions, you know, uh, listen. Yeah. You know, I, I love it that yeah. you've got two ears and one mouth using in that proportion, yeah. you know. Um, power of mentors. Yeah, you know, absolutely gold. We've said that on this series a lot of times, and, and I don't know why more people don't reach out. You know, because you, I think there's a, an element of people that want to give back. So, but but while we are here, let, let's as I said, fast forward. Yeah, now in a startup. Yep. Yeah, um, a, a franchise system that you're creating. Yep. Called Airlocker, very competitive industry in that uh, big industry, the fitness industry. Yep. Everyone, uh, everyone wants to. To look a million dollars or lose weight or whatever yeah, it is, but yeah. but there's no doubt is a is a uh, competitive industry. So tell a little bit about Airlocker and what the differentiation is. <sighs> well, you know it's it's been a, an absolutely you know something I'm really grateful for is to have landed on this. You know I've got to start with that because um, when it how it all it, it it was organic how it happened. It, it wasn't. It wasn't something that um, altitude was a dream of mine, you know, because I- an altitude gym. It's yeah, an altitude training gym. So um, essentially what we do in the gym uh, for the listeners is we reduce the oxygen level in the room. So right now we could, if, if we're at our air locker, we would have 14% oxygen and usually you got 21% oxygen. So the science behind that is when you breathe in the air with less oxygen and you're working out, it uh, enables your body to burn more calories quicker and, and generally from fat. Um, it allows you to build more muscle without the mechanical load and it has a huge amount of series of health benefits, you know, which are related to Alzheimer's, epilepsy, um, diabetes, a lot, of, a lot of big, big ticketed items. So it's a cool story, right? Um, and the other thing, it's not really available for the general masses. Mm -hmm. And so um, we wanted to make a model that everyone had heard about altitude training for elite athletes. We wanted to make it accessible to the general public. Um, and so, you know, how it all started was, was there was always a passion for health and fitness for me and wellness, in particularly wellness. 
And so we talk about the business journey we've had and everyone has their own journey. I never really, it, whatever I was doing before, whether it be gold mining, whether it be logistics, um, I never, it never scratched that itch. I've got, I've got to be completely honest, I've never felt extremely fulfilled in it. It had a commercial element and I brought a lot of passion to it, but for whatever reason, it didn't scratch an itch. So I suppose landing on a group fitness franchise for me, uh, when it started to evolve, I started to realize why I felt so passionate and, and I felt so at ease with it all because this was, this was providing me with an opportunity to make the world a better place. You know, it was touching so many individuals, like mm. people were making transformational change. And so I think the, the key thing here, it sounds very um, cliche when you talk about it, but I can tell you I'm in the gym and you can see Roman in there and he... Uh, well, you obviously can tell, isn't he? <laughs> he's, he's, he's quite passionate and uh, yeah, loves a touchy-feely, not during COVID, of course, but uh, yeah, like it, yeah. It, it is, it's a good community. So when we say these things, I think there's another thing about backing it up. Yeah, and look, and, and one of the point of differences is, is the fact that the heart and soul behind what we do um, because, you know, I didn't realise this at the time, but now I've reflected back onto it, which is one of, again, you talk about another principle, reflection is probably the most powerful thing I, I've done in my life. But when I reflect back on this journey, I realise what it's about, you know, and, and for me, it's, you know, we, we did a series uh, with Beats and the team, PKF, about trying to pull together what our vision is, our purpose is, and our team, when you go through that process, you're trying to get the words right. And I remember through the process, I thought, well, you know, let's try out the words and let's go back to why we did it. You know, why is it so such an important thing to all of our team's life? And I had to go back to the fact, well, I want to inspire the world. You know, I want to tell my story. I want to help people. Um, and you, you talk about cliches, but this is real. You know, that's real. That's really what I'm bringing to this product and as is the team. So when we started to go through, I realized, well, what Airlocker is for me is an opportunity to create a platform and the franchising side of it, it can scale mm. if we get that right. I can impact the world. Now, as a human being, to be able to get to my last day on this earth and hang my hat up and say, look what I've done, is something that, is, is something that I know my life was worth something. So you're talking a lot more, I guess, if we put into a, a single word, it's about purpose. That's you know, oh, it's a huge and, and I think, You know, for many of business owners, they just get in that grind day to day, you know. Um, yeah. Where they end up is not where they plan to be. Yeah. You know, it's, it's making sure that you've got that bigger purpose to say, why do I hammer the nail in? Or why yeah. do I do the accounts? Or what, you know. I agree with you, mate. And, and it doesn't matter if you're flipping burgers or, you, you know, you're running gyms. You can always bring a purpose to it because I hear a lot of people say to me, and, and you know, I've mentored a lot of people. And now the, the common thing is, I'm not. I don't love what I do. Yeah, you know, I, I don't love what I do. But I always say to them, and, and one thing you've got to understand: but do you love who you are? Do you love you? Because if you love you, you bring that to it, and that may only be a stepping stone to whatever you're working towards. But it's this journey that we're all on, and wherever you start if you bring the best you you can to it and, and, and consistently do that, who knows where you end up? Because when you get something that you're passionate about, it's not by chance. Mm. It's because you bought this, this energy to whatever it is you've done your whole life 
and all of a sudden something falls in your lap. Might be the 10th time, 15th time, 100th time. But for me, it was the second, the, the two millionth time it fell in my lap. And, and it, there's, no, there's no fluke in it. You know, it, 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 it just appears for you. And as does do mentors, like as you go through, you meet people as you're going through life. Like, it's not like you cold call people and go, hey, can you come and, you know, I'm not gonna ring up, you know, Bill Gates and say, mate, tell me how you're rich. I don't know Bill Gates, but I'll talk to, to you and say, Beats, how does this work? Because we work together or somehow we've crossed each other's paths and then I'll learn from you and then you start the ricochet and you start to bounce into areas and that's how you grow your network, is just by bringing an honesty to whatever it is you do and a hard work ethic. You know, I would say, you know, looking and I guess I'm bouncing, but if I was to say my daughter, who's now five, I'd say, all right, when you find a man, I just want two things honest and hardworking man, that's it. Don't care what what else, if he's hardworking, he's an honest person, that's what I want for my daughter. And so I always think if I'm honest, which means I'm not always right, I'll ask questions, I don't profess I know everything, and if I work my ass off, I know that that's an attractive energy to bring into this world because it's universal. Mm. And so like, as long as I keep doing that, um, whatever I put my time and energy into, I know that it will be a worthwhile journey. It may not, like, you, know, you talk about success in business in terms of monetary terms, like who, who would have predicted COVID? So sometimes you can't, hand, you can't, you can't predict what's gonna happen to you. You know, you obviously put processes in place to make sure that you, you, you covered all angles as best mm -hmm. as you can, but if COVID hit my business and it went out of the wall, I bought everything I've got, so I'm proud about that. And that's what I kind of think of. And so, you know, with Airlocker being what it is, it's a really strong magnet, you know, because it's new, it's different, there's a point of difference to it. And what we're putting our energy and time into right now is building something that we can give to our partners or a franchisee, and it's a turnkey business model that makes sense and that they can run. Um, and we're just weeding out every single issue we can by trial and error and trial and error. Yeah, and no, I think that's a good thing. But you know, we've been involved in this uh, this latter part of the journey with you. And, um, you know, a lot of process, which the franchise system, yeah. processes, systems, etc. Um, the harder part is transferring that passion. Okay? Yeah. And and I mean, I know you know you've got things underway for there, but um, I mean we could talk about this all day. But I think one of the things that most business owners need to think of if they are trying to expand, if they are trying to get multi locations, if they're just trying to get a second sign, or whatever it may be. They're trying to remove themselves a bit from the business yeah. so they can have a life. Yeah. You, know? um, you need to make sure that you you are noting these things, like mentors, etc. You might be the mentor, but you need to be able to transition what makes you unique. Yeah. And and, and I suppose um, it'll all come in time. Um, how do you process passion? Well, how do you get to that point? Well, I suppose for us, that's who we want a part of this family. You know, we want passionate people, and people that have got a a, a, a real strong want, need to make a better world. You know, if you start at that place, just so happens we've got the new shiny toy on the market and mm. you know, we're trying to do everything we can to make sure that uh, commercially it makes sense as well. And um, you know, the narrative will be created as we get, as it grows and grows and grows. Mm. And uh, you know, I, think, I think if we embed a certain culture um, and a certain level of standards within our processes, and, and that's why I've got a really you know, significant 
incredibly experienced and, and passionate team around me is because I don't have all the answers. Yeah, sure. And suppose we're building um, from, from all your experiences and people that had a touch point on the air locker, by the time it goes out to you know that demographic and that franchisee and that franchisee, it's not just coming with the brand, it's coming with this whole team and everything that we come with. Like in behind you is a huge amount of wealth of knowledge. So that's what it's coming with. And I suppose um, hopefully we get it right, uh, but it won't lack any passion, that's for sure. Beautiful. Well, we could talk about this all day, obviously, sure. But, sure. but in the interest of, uh, of time and we have enough uh, film in the camera. But look at that sort of stuff, we're going to say, from a business point of view, if someone was yep. looking at airlock or someone wanted to go down the same sort of path, um, I'd love to get out. Let's be raw here. What's some of the uh, biggest mistakes, whether it be an airlock yeah. or a prior to airlocker, that you've made, but you've learnt from? Uh, in terms of, uh, this, I suppose, at a personal level, and then in terms of business decisions, I guess, a personal level, biggest mistake I could say that I've made in the past is uh, you think what you love, you just automatically think everyone else loves it. Yeah, good point. You know, and, and, and that's the biggest mistake you can make in business early days is the fact that, oh, geez, I love that idea. Everyone's going to love it. Or, I'll, you know, you may talk about your business a certain way, um, but it doesn't connect with the people receiving your product. A good example is early days with, with Airlocker. We called all our workouts Shred Method and War Raid and all these blokey names, but... 70% of our, 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 our members are female. They don't, they're not gonna connect with that. I take this morning session that I was in, mate, probably 98% were female. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a reason for that in group fitness because you know, males think, you know, a lot of males think that they don't wanna be told what to do and, and, and um, they like doing their own workouts, which is fine. But yeah, so if you, if you kind of um, are being in too, too internal and you think that everything that you love, everyone else is going to love and you don't do the work to go out and, and test the product and ask questions and you know, you, your product's never going to land. Mm. So that's, that's one thing that I learned early. Um, but that, I guess that, that coming back to that point, you know, the whole definition around sales is you know, value equals benefit less cost. Yeah. I mean, and filling a need, if you can't find what that need is of someone or they don't see that that's a need, you're not going to be yeah. too successful in selling something to them. Yeah. And I suppose, again, in business, um, if you're entrepreneurial, if you want to start something or, you know, you're in a leadership role, leadership is something that um, you, you've got to have a passion. If you want to be a, a good leader, you've got to have a passion for leadership and you've got to be well-managed and well-versed. You've got to do the work. You've got to read books. You've got to, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's something that you've always got to work on. And because you're always leading different types of people. And, you know, there's not one thing that works for everyone. And I suppose you've always just got to be really in tune with people. You can't have an ego. You can't, you've got to kind of be a lot more humble, um, which is funny because a lot of leaders, they're, they're that way, you know, they, you know, the definition of leadership is get people to do what I you want. I guess a lot of people, well, well, I think you're going to have followers, but a lot of people yeah. in leadership positions are there because of seniority or they're, they're, they're realistically, they're there by title as opposed yeah. by true actions. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose, like, if you bring a, a selfishness or if you bring a arrogance to it, it, it just doesn't work. And 
Sometimes you could be frustrated. Sometimes the situation you want to be a, a, a fire starter and get stuff going, and you want to push the point. Um, it, it doesn't work. Mm. You know, it, 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 there is a time and place for action, but action has to come out of love. You know, and it's one of those things you always got to come from a place of love rather than from frustration or negativity because it seeps through. And so that's, they're, they're the things I learned. You, if, you, if you're gonna sell a service or a product in business, you've gotta be really engaged with the people receiving it. You can't be too far in your head. And then as a leader, for me, it's all about coming from a place of love and then still not, not, not taking a step back and, and not just, okay, well, we're all loving and you know, we all care from everyone. Because, you know, I think I spoke to you about this the other day, care, and it's the thing I learned from, from Beats, by the way, is care versus nice. They're, they're totally, two totally different. But if you care for someone, you'll pull them up if they need to. And then the person that's just nice and doesn't want to have that hard conversation, you'll never ever get nowhere. No, you'll have the issue there. And you're going around in circles. And I suppose, you know, that's probably what I'm saying about leadership is you've got to have a care factor and you've got to care a lot about your people and care about yourself and care about your brand. If you care enough about it, you'll do what it takes to have those conversations. But if you're just a nice person, you'll go around in circles. Yeah, good. Well, I guess um, moving to the physical aspect now. You know, um, obviously being in uh, well any business for that yeah. matter, but but especially the business you're in about uh, location, 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 and like a real estate agent. But yeah. how key is that to to the business model? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, you know, we we. Uh, it, well, it's debatable in terms of our product. Like, we don't really necessarily rely on big foot traffic, <clears throat> but I think the first few are really important to get it right. Well, and it needs to be convenient for yeah, you know, it needs to be convenient. It's hard to find. It's uh, it's not going to be that easy to attract people or get them there. Yeah, look, I, I, I just think the the key things about Airlocker is it's got to be in, a, in an in an environment where we, we need around hundred people break even, right? So. When you're looking at a population, you don't really need to pick from too much in that in that sense. But we're more boutique in terms of our delivery, so it is at a higher pay rate. You know, as people that generally go to big box gyms, we're probably 300% dearer than that. So, you know, you're not really, you, you don't want to plonk it right next to a university and that's the only demographic you have to pull from. You know, so you got to put it in a, you know, like a, you know, there's business people, people that prioritise their health, and. But so, again, to get that, coming back to where you said before, if you don't actually assess the market. Oh yeah, I got you. I mean, you were saying yeah. You know, like yeah. realistically, you're doing demographic analysis, yeah. you're understanding, yeah. you know, people's spending habits, uh, you know, yeah. what what the mix is of yeah. gender, as much as you know, when gender equality, but from a business point of view, you're going to understand who's yeah. who's yeah. your target. No, you're right. Now I understand. So. Yeah, we've got a whole we've got a whole system that measures all those metrics, similar to the real estate agents that say, okay, well, we'll the age medium is X, um, people in this area earn X, you know. So we've got all those metrics, and we make good decisions around we put the business because, like you said, like if you're putting it in the wrong spot and it's it hasn't got a very high uh, earning rate there or high population, it's not going to succeed. Mm. Um, so we use metrics around that. We do our homework. Um, the other thing too is uh, a good thing about our business, and a lot of businesses are the same out there, there's similar things to what we do. Um, so 
have a look at them. Mm. Ask questions. Meet the owners. Meet the members. You know, and then it's it's not a bad way. And I think that's led you to one of the points of difference I see, uh, and not just giving a plug here, but but I think it works across many businesses is that community aspect that yeah. created and. People are going for a sense of belonging yeah. as opposed to, you know, as you said, they go to a big box gym, they go get a PT, they can do whatever, but yeah. uh, it really is a good feeling then. But, um, with that in mind, and I mean, some of the stuff, I think one of the other key points I want to get out of this, and, and I know it, but, but for, the, for the viewers, yeah. a lot of people go in, get a little bit of success and want to go, bang, let's expand, let's get bigger, let's do this. Yeah. Um, you've held back, I mean, and when I say held back, in the scheme of things, it's not really that long, but when you've you know, got the concept, you've got the means yeah. and you've got the readiness to go and start to expand a franchise, the idea of a franchise is to get numbers. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're still at one site, Bondi opens yeah. in a couple of weeks, yeah. you know, so that's a pretty big move. And then we've got a string opening up after that. Yeah. But you know, why and what have you learned in that process of just holding back a bit? Yeah, look, and, and uh, I've got a smile on my face because um, there was a, a strong influence around me that kind of held me back. That's at the table with me. Um, I suppose during the journey of when we, we launched this to, to now, when I first launched this, I was thinking numbers. I was thinking, um, you know, get it, get the brand out there quick because I didn't want people to replicate me. And I felt like if we got the brand out there quick, um, again, don't be in your own head. I'm in my own head here. I'm like, everyone will be successful because this works, you know. Um, so the idea was get the brand out there quick and there was a bit of ego there. You know, I wanna prove myself, I wanna build this big brand. Then all of a sudden we started to uh, have memberships and, and we had people coming in and I had interactions with my first, our first site in Newcastle and started talking to people and see the effect that this had on, on people. And so you realize, right then and there that there was something more beautiful about this than, than just numbers. And, and it was something that was impacting my life, my family's life. And so it became more about taking a step back and doing it right rather than just getting it out there. And I suppose what transitioned me, a few chats you had to me about making sure that everyone got this right and don't fool yourself thinking that, oh, you've got all the process and all the answers yet because you don't. Um, but enjoy the ride. And then I realized that, well, it's not about numbers for me anymore because it's about inspiring people's lives and I'm doing that right now. So why I'm in such a rush to do something more than what I've, I've been wanting to do my whole life. Mm. So I suppose I'm more present now than I've ever been, uh, which is great for the brand. And the other thing I'd say too, and, and um, during the journey, um, you know, and as you know, but the brand has attracted certain people to it. Uh, you're one of those people in the firm. But, you know, I've got Mark Hughes as my business partner. Yeah, it's going to raise that and Uzi. And, 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 and Hughes, he's jumped on board and you guys are getting ready for Mount Keeley. So organically, you guys are in there. And, and so a guy like that um, is someone that's great for me because for the people that, that know Mark, he's very, he's very, he's just a, a lovely bloke. And, and he's not in any rush, he's got no ego in him, you know? And, and so 
for, for someone like that around me to influence me has helped me huge. And I suppose it's about surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm. And I guess he, he, he's, he's made me realize that it doesn't matter what you have, it's about what you do with what you have to help others. Yeah, I think the good point there is when you say surround yourself with the right people, and, and Mark Music Hughes is just a sensational example of that, and some yeah. other people he's attracted there as well. But, you know, too many, and I'm talking about businesses, but it's people generally, but yeah. too many people don't surround themselves with the right people. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, they've had those people around them all, all their lives, whether it be family or yeah. friends, and they're yeah. not, uh, you know, they don't care enough to yes. tell them to get by the wayside. But if you've got people all the time telling you you're, you know, um, you're better than what you are, yeah. or sometimes telling you can't do it, or whatever, yeah. you got the wrong people around you. And I, it takes a big person to kind of recognise that as well, um, because sometimes we we just inherit that that environment. Well, it's confrontation, you know? and and so. Uh, but yeah, look, look, I'm very grateful for that, and I guess that's another thing that's happened, which is significant to the Airlock Train brand, is the fact that we've got Mark on board, and he brings this. Uh, He's all about trying to live your best life. I mean, where he's come from with, with high-grade brain, brain cancer and everything he's done with the foundation and everything he's seen during that foundation, like the, the length of the foundation, he realises his life is, is, is precious yeah. and, and every day and every second is precious. And we've heard it, but he's lived it, you know. And I suppose having his influence on the brand is, well, we're not in a rush because we've got to make it right. Mm. We've, got to, we've got to invest in our people um, and so he's been a great influence on me and, and I suppose that's why I've gone from numbers, numbers, numbers to enjoy the process. Beautiful. Again, it's just detached myself from the outcome and you bring that energy to it, you bring that work ethic to it and, and that style of energy to it, which is more about the community aspect to it and helping, it, it will go wherever it goes. Yeah. Mate, as I said, we could, uh, we could probably talk with this all day, but it, Today I've probably shown uh, one of your lessons about listening. I've, I've certainly got some gold out of here. I hope everyone else has. I'll just, just, but just to reflect, you know, some of the key things I picked up. You just mentioned about, you know, you're more than yourself. It's about your team. Yeah. You know, and I think that a lot of us have been through sporting teams and bringing that into business. You know, there's no secret to uh, what makes you successful and, and empowering others because yeah. you can't do it by yourself. Um, asking questions. Yeah. You know, you're never wrong when you're asking a question. I love that one. So, yeah. You know, listen. As I said, that uh, two ears, one mouth, that proportion, that's it, gold. You know, we need to listen more rather than telling. And, and hey, my wife says I don't listen. <laughs> well, we're talking business, we're talking business <laughs> right? yeah. uh, Mentors, you know, get yourself a mentor. I've said that that many times, yet people still refrain from it. And I think it's just a, a fear or what if they don't want to help me? Most people will, you know, yeah. I've rarely seen it not. The one I love, he said, have a purpose. I don't mm. know how many business owners, Especially small business owners, I probably think, you know, I'm too small for that. Yeah. No, no one's too small. You know, I'd like to say some of the bigger companies you see in the world, they started somewhere. Yeah. And it's not all about size either, but you've got to understand what gets you out of bed every day. Yeah. Um, be a lifelong learner. Yep. That's been consistent across, I think, most of the people we've, we've met with. And, you know, the other one you said was about reflection. Mm. You know, it takes five minutes every day. What did I do well? What could I do better? Looking at your week, looking at your year, yeah. whatever it might yeah. be, and what am I going to change? Because you've got to learn from it. The final one I'll leave you with, it's really, um, I thought it was gold what you said. You said it was a personal one, but I think it's more business as well. Not everyone loves what you love. So you need to think, what's my product? Do I study the market? Do yeah. I understand, you know, what I'm offering? You know, because it's related to success. If, yeah. you, if you're not getting somewhere, if you can combine some of these things, reflect, change, learn, etc., 
it's a you know you yeah. might realise, right? But I think you've said some pearls of wisdom out there today, mate. But, oh, well, uh, who would have known, mate? Who would have known that I'd come out with some gold? But to 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 wrap up, you know, I will say air locker. You know, if you're looking for something different as a to get fit, have a good time from a from a community. You know, I've experienced it. It was as, as Roman said. We we started. We went to Mount Kilimanjaro. We got involved with the air locker and. And when we come back, so yeah, we're straight back in. It's just a, a great feel. Yep. So members there, the second one opened in Newcastle shortly yep. as rollouts going. But also from a franchise, potential franchisee point of view, yep. great business model. Yep. You know, I mean, there's plenty yep. of opportunities that we're, you're looking at right now. Oh, I think it's I think it's exciting, the journey in front of us. And um, yeah, we're looking for great people uh, as, as members and just to get involved with the brand, as, you know, to partner up with us. and. And uh, I, I, I'm just so grateful for the journey so far. I'm grateful for the people that are, that have been attracted to it, and it's something that I pinch myself about every day. To be honest, Carmen and I, my wife, we, we sit back and pinch ourselves, you know. And it's, it's a beautiful brand. It's got a lot of purpose behind it, like you said, and where it goes is really exciting. Well, mate, thanks for joining me. I'll give you, give you a little elbow thing, mate. We don't want to be judged, but. Uh... Thanks for joining me for Down to Business. Hopefully you got a lot out of this episode. And as I said all the time, it's one thing to listen, it's another thing to do. So take things down and, and apply it and uh, cheers. Thanks guys.